Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to all hearts are opened, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Together, glory to God in Christ, and peace to his people on earth. Glory to God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father. We worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask, except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ our Savior who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the proclamation of the word. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. The word of the Lord. Let us say together a portion of Psalm 80. Restore us, O God of hosts. Show us the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You cast out the nations and planted it. You prepared the ground for it. It took root and filled the land. Mountains were covered by its shadow, and the towering cedars by its boughs. You stretched out its tendrils to the sea, and its branches to the river. Why have you broken down its walls, so that all can pass by pluck off its grapes? The wild boar of the forest has ravaged it, and the beasts of the fields have grazed upon it. Turn now, O God of hosts, look down from heaven. Behold and tend this vine. Preserve with your right hand these planted.
girl falls into iniquity. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet, whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death that somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time came, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing. And it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds, because they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated.
Well, sadly, here we are again with just a few people in the sanctuary and our region in a mitigation for COVID. But it brings to mind several things, and the first is we are like what Paul says in the letter to the Philippians. We press on. There is nothing that is going to keep us from celebrating Sunday, celebrating the day of the Lord, and celebrating the Eucharist. As sad as I am that we all cannot be together, as I've said so many times, your safety is my utmost concern. And I certainly wouldn't want any of us to get sick. And anyone who knows someone who has COVID or who has had COVID certainly knows that it is a disease and a virus that we don't want to take lightly. But we press on. We press on to share the gospel message today from, for people that are online and the people that are in this community here with me. And the parable from Matthew, let's cut right to the chase, is rather repugnant. Uh, there's nothing redeeming in it that I can see, and I've read it several times, and each time I'm horrified by the idea that what is owed to someone is tried to, the workers try to get out of pain, and what do they do? They inflict death and harm upon those who are doing more no more than working for the landowner. And the landowner finally decides, as we know, that he will send his son because who would kill his son? And they too take his life. It's a sad parable. It's a terrible parable. But unfortunately, it is a true parable from we know that there are people all around this world that are killed when they're working in their fields, when they're working for other people, when they're gunned down in the streets of our cities because they choose the wrong path or they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I kept thinking, what is there redeeming about this? The scholars like to say that the landowner is God and that God continuously invites us back into a life with him. He doesn't tell the listeners of this parable anything other than that. It's, it's what they hear. It's the Pharisees that understand that Jesus is angry with them because he has just gone into the temple earlier in, the, in Matthew and turned over the tables because they were exploiting the people. The temple tax was a terrible thing that the poorest of the poor had to pay, no matter how, who they were or how much money they had. It was a way for not only the people that worked in the temple, but the people that collected the money to skim and take advantage. So that's really what this parable is about, fairness and justice, and not taking advantage of those who have less, and not taking advantage of the system. But we know that it's hard for some to play by the rules. There are some who believe the rules are for everyone but themselves, and that they should be let out of whatever rule they're forced to follow. We know people that don't pay their taxes. And I was talking to a friend of mine this week and most of the friends I have say, we believe in taxes because they keep our society civilized. We want to pay workers a fair wage because we want them to have the dignity of work and feel that what they do has honor and is worth something in our world. But unfortunately, we know that there are huge multinational corporations that don't pay taxes. In the movie, The Laundromat, Meryl Streep plays a woman whose husband has been killed in a boating accident. You may have remembered the, the boat overturned in the middle of Lake Erie. And she tries to collect the insurance, as does the owner of the cruise line. 
And what, they, uh, what she uncovers is a web of shell companies and corporations that have taken advantage of people. They take advantage of the, the owner of the cruise line. They take advantage of Meryl Streep's character and all of the people that have tried to make claims for the lives of the, those that they lost, their friends and family. At the end of the movie, she comes out of character and talks about how we as a society must act in a just and fair way. That companies cannot set up offshore corporations in order to hide millions and billions of dollars. That companies that are able to use tax loopholes to not fund this country, she says, and I agree, is a shame and a scandal. But what do we do with all of this? Sometimes it's so easy to feel so powerless because who are we in the face of Jeff Bezos? And how many of us do not fall into the idea of Amazon and how easy it is to have things delivered to our homes, especially in the middle of this pandemic? I don't have an answer. But I think that together we have to rise up as a world and as a society and say enough. You cannot take advantage of us and the men and women who work for you and line your pockets with millions and billions of dollars. It's a scandal. It's scandalous, just as what St. Francis decided to do, and today is St. Francis Sunday, and unfortunately, the pet blessing will be put off. But I was reminded of St. Francis's gentle way of ministering to people, and how he was willing to give up everything. He had a life of luxury. His father was a cloth merchant, and they were so wealthy, and Francis was a bit of a playboy until he realized that he was getting tired of that lifestyle, and he gave his cloak to a leper one day. And his companions mocked him and derided him for what he had done. But he felt, even at that point, a pull in a different direction. And he walked into the San Gimino church one day and kneeled down at the altar and started to pray and he fixed his eyes on the crucifix over the altar and he felt God and Jesus speaking to him saying, Francis, Francis, build up my church that is come into ruins. Francis took those words to heart and he left the church and he started rebuilding the little churches around the area that were, had fallen into disrepair. He picked up stones along the side of the road, and at one point, children mocked him and threw stones at him. But he kept doing that work. And over time, as we know, men joined him, and they dressed in rags, and they begged for a day's food. And they went to Rome, and Rome wanted nothing to do with them. But it didn't stop Francis from doing the work that he felt God had called him to do. We often think of Francis as the, patron, the lover of animals. But G.K. Chesterton wrote that Francis didn't love all wolves. He loved that particular wolf that he kept from going into the village and killing the people and the livestock. He didn't love all birds, but he loved the bird that sat on his shoulder. And out of that grew our love of animals and our belief that animals, too, have a life and a soul, and that they, too, are worthy of dignity, that they, too, have feelings and are able to love not only their own species, but they love us as human beings. Francis teaches us all a valuable lesson about who and what we can be. We can be people that are willing to let everything go. We can be people that are willing to think beyond the walls of a broken church 
We can be people who understand what it means to be marginalized and misunderstood like Francis was. His father was furious with him when he said he was walking away from the family business. He was disowned and disinherited, and it didn't matter to Francis. We, too, feel that pull of God, which is why we choose to come into this place, whether virtually or in person, whether we participate in the programs that are offered or we choose to dip in and out as needed. But we are always safe in the knowledge that God is there. Just like in the parable, God is there. God doesn't say anything to the people that have stoned and killed the workers or even the landowner's son. God invited them three times to come into the kingdom with him. God still invites us all, each and every day, to walk with him, to walk with Christ, to walk with St. Francis, to be gentle feet on the earth, and gentle spirits to whom all we meet. It is difficult right now to have a gentle spirit and to walk lightly. We're frightened, we're angry, we're misunderstood. But when we come here and we enter into the life of Christ and enter into this parish community, we know that we're understood and valued and loved. There is nothing that is going to take that away from any of us. The pandemic will pass. Obviously not today or tomorrow or six months from now, but the pandemic will pass. And we will be together again. And we want to be together as people who love each other and love this world and can see the beauty of it. Even in the midst of the horror that we live in, we know there are moments of true grace when God has touched the lives of those we've come in contact with, or even what we see on the news. The doctors and nurses who work tirelessly, the police officers and firefighters, the EMTs, and let us not forget those who work in the grocery stores to stock our shelves. The dignity of every human being is what this parable is about. And when we lose our humanity, as those workers did, we lose a piece of our souls. So let us remember this week when we go out into the world to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be the gentle word and the light footstep on the earth, to be the ones that will thank the grocery workers and the postal deliverers, and be grateful that they are willing to put their lives on the line so that we can live, just as Jesus died for us so that we might have eternal life. They too work tirelessly so that we may have a good life. Amen.
Here we are. I lost my place. For our, for our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We do believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Church of God, that it may be filled with truth and love, and be found without fault at the day of your coming, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, Lord have mercy. For the Most Reverend Michael Curry, our presiding bishop, for the Right Reverend Jeffrey Lee, our own bishop, and for all bishops and other ministers, and for all the holy people of God, we pray to you. Lord, have mercy. For all who fear God and believe in you, Lord Christ, that our divisions may cease, and that all may be one, as you and the Father are one, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the mission of the Church, that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that they may receive the light of the gospel, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in positions of public trust, especially Donald, our president, and Tom, our mayor, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who live and work in this community, especially Shelter Care Ministries and Jeremiah Development, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a blessing upon all human labor, and for the right use of the riches of creation, that the world may be free from poverty, famine, and disaster, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this congregation, for those who are present and for those who are absent, that we may be delivered from hardness of heart and show forth your glory in all that we do, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our enemies and those who wish us harm, and for all whom we have injured or offended, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For ourselves, for the forgiveness of our sins, and for the grace of the Holy Spirit to amend our lives, especially those celebrating birthdays, Sophia, Josephine, and those celebrating anniversaries, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have commended themselves to our prayers, especially victims of the wildfires and hurricanes, Ellen, 
Jim, Marianne, Nick, Rich, Sam, and for our families, friends, and neighbors, that being free from anxiety, they may live in joy, peace, and health. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died, especially David, in the communion of your church, and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints, they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. Rejoicing in the fellowship of ever-blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To you, O Lord, our God. For yours is the majesty, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on me, forgive me all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. My friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Peace. And peace to you all out there in TV land. So glad that you are with us, and please know that you are in your church home, whether you are in this building or online on Facebook. Just a couple of announcements, because we will be now moving to more online presence while we are in this mitigation phase. This week on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock via Zoom, we will begin our program about the saints. Uh, please do watch for an email that will give you the link to sign in. And we look forward to seeing all of you. Uh, the Jubilee Center Open House is today from 9 to 1, and also tomorrow from 3 to 6. Please do if you are available and have the time to walk through the building. We have done they have done amazing work that's painted since Lauren through a grant and also through the help of Emmanuel. So it will be a wonderful place for the members to gather as the weather gets colder. And also we need uh, volunteers for our Barnhawk Flu Clinic this coming Saturday. If you would like to volunteer, please do let me know or let Doug know. This is through Jeremiah and the church, and we feel it right now, especially we want to make these flu shots available to all people. And it is free of charge, so those, even those without insurance will, are insured, they will get a flu shot. Once again, thank you all so much for coming on this morning. Um, I look forward to seeing you all again in person very soon. And with that, ascribe the Lord the honor to his name, bring offerings, and come into his courts.
Thank uh-huh. you. 